Welcome to RT Digest, the Riverdale podcast. It's a podcast, it's about a story, it's about a town, but we've been gone for a while, and now the town has changed, and we're going to be talking about a different town. It's all very confusing. Uh, my name is Chris Hayner. I'm Craig Byrne. And I'm Russ Burlingame. And the other town is Greendale, right? It's on the yes. other side of the Water River. And not the Greendale that we might know from Community, although if somehow Community ends up in the uh, the Sabrina verse, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I could, I could. You know what would be really cute is if like the principal of Greendale High turned out to be like Joel McHale or something. <laughs> well, you know he has nothing better to do. He keeps doing these like bad CBS sitcoms that are gone in like 13 weeks. Apparently, so. he's Woody in Quantum and Woody, so we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. All right. <laughs> there we go. So I think I would rather be the principal of Sabrina's school. Um, but, yeah, this news came out today. I mean, we knew they had to develop. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, oh. okay, we're bearing the lead. There's, they've officially announced development on, what is it? Is it the Creepy Chronicles of Sabrina? No, the Chilling it's Adventures chilly, of Sabrina. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is the name of the comic book right now. Right, That yeah. comes out like once a year. Which is written, of course, by Roberto, who's also writing the pilot script for this, but it sounds like possibly not the showrunner of this. Really? Uh, well, he's, he's listed as an EP and writer. Uh, there's another guy who's listed as EP and director. Uh, that's uh, Lee Tolan Krieger. He did the Riverdale pilot. That's okay. just, that always happens when somebody directs the pilot, they're listed as an EP. Yeah. So it's probably just a title thing. I'm sure Roberto is going to be running this one as well. I, I mean, I'm I mean, sure. if they don't, they should just run it all out of the same lot up in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would assume it, here's, actually, here's the other thing, uh, because obviously all we know at this point is the title, that it's a horror drama, and that it's a, a riff on Sabrina's kind of origins. Well, Russ, do you want to read off the um, official logline? Do you have that handy? Uh, I can in just a minute. Okay, cool. Uh, that would be that would be relevant. Yeah, I actually have it right here. Oh, Chris, go for it. Go for it. The chilling adventures of Sabrina reimagines the origins and adventures of Sabrina the teenage witch. It's a dark coming of age story that traffics in horror, the occult, and of course witchcraft. Uh, totally, totally, not totally, totally in the vein of Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. This action finds Sabrina wrestling to reconcile her dual nature, half-witch, half-mortal, while standing against the forces of evil that threaten her, her family, and the daylight world humans inhabit. This sounds dark. Yeah, I hope she's, like, friends with Zombie Jason. That's all I'm saying. That's the thing. This, like, I know this is, <laughs> in theory, this will be part of the Riverdale universe, maybe, but it sounds so much darker than Riverdale. Well, that's what I was going to ask, is do you guys think, because I, I think the obvious thing, especially given what's happened to Riverdale in the off-season, uh, in terms of the explosion of popularity, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, the obvious thing to me would be that, like, this is getting announced now because soon they're going to be shooting like a mid-season finale where Sabrina's going to have a backdoor pilot. I but, should also point out that Roberto just did an interview in Entertainment Weekly where he said there's no supernatural stuff, and he specifically said, like, within the first eight or nine, which implies to me there's no Afterlife episode this year. 
but also, like, maybe he said that specifically because Sabrina is coming in the very next episode. Yeah, I'm always, it's always weird, like, because whenever somebody says something that specific, the easy implication to take from it is that, like, oh, there's nothing in the first eight or nine, but look out for ten, uh, and you just, yeah. I, I never know. Like, I never know if it really is somebody trying to be that clever, or if it's, like, Roberto going, we haven't written past nine yet, I'm not going to commit to something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, personally, I would be surprised if we didn't, I I would, A, be surprised if they hadn't already cast Sabrina. Steph Cameron. Stop it. We don't <laughs> need more, we don't need more famous people named after Soap. But beyond that, like, I would assume that, like, the easy, natural way to introduce her is through an episode of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what and I would assume. Maybe well, not you know, really too heavily into the supernatural part of her and save that for her show, but even, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, it could, does say that the origins of Sabrina are going to be on Chilling Adventures. So it's possible that, you know, we meet Sabrina and she's just like this mi- misfit chick from Greendale. And then it isn't until, you know, kind of the Barry Allen thing where he goes home at the end of the episode and gets hit by lightning. Well, it was like on her old TV show, the sitcom, she didn't know that she was a witch until her 16th birthday, did she? That's right, yeah, because she woke up oh, and, like, yeah. her aunts were like, we got to tell her she has powers before she figures it out. Yeah, so, I mean, they could easily also do the whole Happy Days Mork and Mindy thing where they have Sabrina and then it turns out the episode's a dream. Yes, I'm sure when the producers and the writers are in the room together, they're like, you know it would be cutting edge? The Mork and Mindy thing. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> <There. laughs> uh, I love that those those are the examples you cited as dream episodes. Well, it's because, you know, like, Mork fought Fonzie, and then at the end of the episode, <laughs> the whole thing was a dream, and then the next period is... Yeah. But, yeah, I actually think... Probably the most likely, if they're not going to have Supernatural on Riverdale, it would be to have her before she knows she's a witch. Yeah. As a recurring role. Hopefully not as a love interest for Jughead, so she doesn't get any, like, you know, death threats or anything oh, from fans. Yeah. We'll uh, get to that. <laughs> how, how, how about this for an idea, actually? Because one of the things that we've talked a lot about is that everybody wants to see an Afterlife episode of Riverdale, but it tonally would be a hard thing to fit in. Uh, what would you guys think about essentially sometime in the first, like, five episodes of Sabrina having Afterlife with Archie, but, you know, on that show? I think that would be the November crossover. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I Like, since the, you bring that up, I think that would be kind of like the superhero thing. If you're going to cross them over and do a November crossover... Afterlife is the way to go. I just pray to get, like, I I understand sweeps and everything, but, like, I don't need all of my crossovers having in the, happening in the same, like, two-week span. So that means you don't want to watch a Dynasty and Valor crossover either? I don't want to watch Dynasty and Valor. Okay, fair. Period. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think many people are going to be watching Valor, but we'll see. October 9th. I, I think it's. I still think, barring absolute disaster, that it's going to end up with a second season just because Pedowitz really wants it to happen. Yeah, I believe that. We'll see. 
<laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so we've got Sabrina coming on. Um, there's also been well, a- well. Now hold on, we, let's not, not get ahead of ourselves. It's awesome. in development. In development, yes. There's no way it's not going to happen. But just in case, maybe it won't happen. And of course, the the thing about this is that when we were on set, they talked about. Sorry, I've got a baby here. <laughs> uh, Ask your baby who wants to play Sabrina. Charlie. Charlie, who should play Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Bye, she bye. says she doesn't know. She, right. says, she actually said, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but um, the funny thing about this is that when we were on set, they were talking about uh, how Roberto wanted to spin off Josie and the Pussycats. And obviously the prospect of a, uh, a Sabrina spinoff has always been out there with the fans, but it wasn't something that was like openly discussed. Right. Although, if there was a Josie and the Pussycat show, would Josie be in every episode of that show? That is a question. Depends on if she's a season regular or not, I guess. Well, she was a series <laughs> regular last year. I know. That I know. makes me sad. But anyway, yeah. Strangely uh, enough, Will Holland would be on every episode of Josie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I would buy into that. She could be uh, Alexandra. Hey. Uh, but I mean, here's the thing. I too would like to see a Josie and the Pussycats spinoff at some point. But I feel like Sabrina's the easier sell because, especially on a network that deals so heavily in genre. Yeah. And, I mean, it's easy to look across the week and say, like, oh, Supernatural's been on for 74 years. Clearly, there's something in it, there's something out there where people like sort of supernatural horror drama set with, like, pretty young people. And, you know, people were speculating that Sabrina, Sabrina was going to be in the Riverdale season finale, and I think it's because there were people who really wanted that. Absolutely. There absolutely were. I mean, there's also, I mean, it, I, I genuinely think that what happened was that this show became a plausible reality, and so they decided not to bring her onto Riverdale. Because when I spoke with Roberto after the finale, or before the finale, but after we'd seen it, uh, one of the things he said was that originally she was in, like, an early draft, and they just decided it was way too much and it was going to draw focus from what they really wanted to do with the show. And so my guess is that at some point the decision was made, are we going to spin her off into her own show, or is she going to make an appearance and be Riverdale's, like, knockout punch? And the decision became, let's try our own show. Yeah. Which, good. Yeah. No, I... I I much prefer, I mean, I, I would love, and I think I'm, I'm going to assume this is going to be in the Riverdale universe, obviously, like I said, the, the, they can't, they haven't said it in the logline, but I think they can't say it in the logline, because if she hasn't appeared on Riverdale yet, then... It would be a spoiler. Yeah, exactly, it would be a big spoiler, because we're now nine episodes in and they haven't announced casting. Yeah. Um, so, like, for me, I think that, realistically, she's going to be... This is going to be a Riverdale spinoff, but uh, I, I, I kind of would rather see her own her own space, and then once that world is established, kind of come back and see how she deals with 
Riverdale in the same way that, again, to use the Arrow mm-hmm. example, you know, once Barry came and went and got his powers, we didn't really see the Flash in Star City again until the Flash had already established his, like, motif. And yeah. everybody was pretty comfortable with what they were doing, and you didn't have to, like, try to be figuring out your own skin while also introducing this big new concept onto another person's show. But, hey, we can change the gender of a baby because of Flashpoint. Not. <laughs> it's true. I, I do wonder how people who don't normally, like, watch The Flash would have handled watching that. Like, and I guess that goes, you know, feeding into the, you know, it's like, I, I don't want a sweeping change that affects Riverdale unless we see it on Riverdale. Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to well, I mean, that's 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 a recurring problem within shared universes. I mean, you and I read comics like this has been a problem in comics forever that some big thing mm-hmm. happens in a crossover and all of a sudden, like, you're reading Batman number 30 and then number 31 comes out and, like, Batman's dead. And you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so, I mean, it's... Unfortunately, that's part and parcel of, like, shared universes is that sometimes if you're not all in, you're going to get messed with. But at least but at least with actual printed comic books, there will be a little editor's note in the corner will be like, oh, Batman's dead because yeah. this issue, this page. <laughs> On TV, you're just like, what the hell? Well, that's why you have previously. Yeah. Um, also relating to this, the current, like, New Riverdale comics, are they all tied to each other, or... Like, I don't feel like Zdarsky's Jughead was Mark Wade's Jughead from the Archie series. Are they the same? It's much more... The answer is much more yes now than it was a year ago. Um, I think that technically they all existed in the same world, but that there was no overarching concern for continuity because they would rather tell a fun story than worry about that stuff. Okay. But... The other side of that is that now, like, you have Mark Wade and Ian Flynn basically running every single new Riverdale book, and it's very, very obvious that, yes, this is the same Jughead, it's the same everything, because, like, they're dealing with Fallout from... Okay. You know, because, like, one of the things that that struck me was that Adam Hughes' Betty and Veronica very much didn't feel like it had anything to do with what Betty and Veronica were doing over in Archie. And then that book ended, and Betty's in a wheelchair in Archie. And you're kind of like, okay, well, was that intentional to, like, end that other book and and kind of cut off any confusion? And I don't think it was. I think it was just a matter of, like, they couldn't get the book out, even remotely close to on schedule. But, But also, is Afterlife and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the same universe? I don't think so. Um, I think that Afterlife is its own distinct thing. Chilling Adventures yes. is its own distinct thing. Because... Because Afterlife did a Sabrina origin episode, didn't they? Yes, because that, that was where I was going. And the other thing is, I mean, it's it's super weird because uh, within the horror line, you would expect that they would all just take place in the same universe because that seems obvious because it's one imprint. But, like, obviously Afterlife and Jughead the Hunger can't possibly take place in the same space because Jughead is a werewolf in one and a zombie in the other. 
Are we going to get – that should be our question. If we get to go up to Vancouver this fall, we need to ask Cole Sprouse if we're going to see Werewolf Jughead. Yeah. That's that's a fair question to ask, uh, especially because they'll, they'll have already answered the zombie question a hundred times. Exactly. Will we see Werewolf Jughead or Betty in a wheelchair? No. I, I don't think that yeah. – it's interesting <laughs> because I feel like – when when they do something at DC or Marvel, I tend to wonder, is this setting the stage for something they want to try on TV or in the movies? Because that makes sense in the way that they have built their movie and TV universes. Uh, like, everything is very reactionary and reactive to each other. Uh, you know, right now there's a Justice League book that's basically Justice League CW. Um, but, like... I see, whenever I see something in Archie, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, like, I don't expect, despite the, like, massive popularity of Bughead, I don't expect to see that in the comics. Because at the end of the day, like, A, it's a very different universe, and B, they've got so much kind of invested in the Archie, Betty, Veronica love triangle. Right. And it's, well, it's interesting because, of course, like when we were there for the finale, I remember Cole telling us that that love triangle was going to play a role in the finale. Huh. Not even. No. But, you know, I mean, it kind of did in as much as two of those involved in said triangle got together. Yeah. I, I'm, wondering, had, I'm wondering if he was thinking seen? of... Yeah, I'm wondering if he was thinking of the earlier, because there was the... I can't remember if it was 11 or 12. There was an episode where they kind of half teased the audience with the possibility of Betty, like, starting to have feelings for Archie again or something. Or maybe it was vice versa. And then they pretty quickly... Oh, no, it was because Archie was making eyes at Betty, and then basically somebody called him on it, and he was like, no, I just something something. Yeah. Um, I'm just an idiot. Uh I gotta rewatch the last few episodes because I should be able to remember what I'm talking about, but I don't. Well, you get even more confused if you look at the DVD, which has a lot of deleted scenes, including what I'm assuming was the original ending for season one, which was Jughead going to live with Betty and her family at the end. Hmm. That's interesting. Really? Yeah, it was really weird. And then the cliffhanger was slightly different. It was just... Jughead talking to his father about the serpents and some kind of danger stuff. It's really interesting, hmm. but totally not what we got on screen. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my review copy because it was one of those things where uh, the the folks who send me my Warner Brothers stuff forgot to put it in with like Supergirl and the Flash. And when I reached out and was like, hey, can I get a copy? He's like, oh yeah, I'll just throw it in with your copy of Arrow in a month and a half. But did yeah. you get Gotham? That's the important question. I did. I got Gotham, Flash, Supergirl, and uh, the Batman Harley Quinn movie all on the same day. I I like the ahead. Gotham extra with the um, Comic Con panel. The moderator was really good. He was and stunningly handsome. And stunningly handsome. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't get any fucking DVDs in the mail, so whatever, guys. Well, that's because you, yeah, you talk about how much you don't like physical media. You, that you may listen. I'm not saying you're making an invalid point. <laughs> you should at least be getting a Gotham set, Chris. It's silly. I talk about how much I hate physical media as I look across um, the living room and I look at a shelf full of books and records, <laughs> which are like really old physical media. It's true. 
we went on a tangent. Oh, uh, we never do that. Yeah, we never do. So, well, have, well then, how about final Sabrina thoughts? Because yeah. I got one. Okay, go for it. Um, everyone is going to. Everyone is gonna on the internet is gonna be like, oh my god, get Melissa Joan Hart to play one of the. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart is not a dramatic actress. We haven't seen her do that before. I'm afraid of what that might look like. Yeah, I. Oh, unless she's some secretly super talented dramatic actress, let's just put that to rest now. I have my own concerns about that because I mean I don't think, given the the like the makeup of Sabrina as a as a story, I don't think that either of the ants is going to be like the Dean Kane character on Supergirl. Like, there's going to be some heavy lifting involved. Yeah, uh, maybe Melissa Joan Hart can be like the leader of a rival coven or something, uh, where we only need to see her for a few episodes. Yeah. Or maybe if it pulls a Riverdale and does like a weird sitcom-y flashback sort of scene, have her play one of the ants then. There you go. Just leave it there. Yeah. I love Melissa Joan Hart's great most of the time, but like horror like horror drama just doesn't feel like her bag. No, no, I'd agree. Uh, by the way, side note, it does look like Riverdale is going to revisit the episode 6 fantasy sequence thing again, because in the most recent trailer, the one that was called Motive, the, it showed the Riverdale gang in their classic, like, Archie Comics outfits at Pops. Yeah, as I saw that as well. Uh, and someone, I'm trying to remember who, one of them, one of the cast threw up a bunch of pictures from that day on Instagram. Nice. And Josie was there. What if Fred is there, and they made him look like Comics Fred with the receding hairline and the mustache? <laughs> and, like a, and like a belly? The belly. <laughs> See, that, that, would be, that would be a really great way for like, uh, Luke Perry to move around Comic-Con. Just cosplay as Comics Fred. Comics Fred. That would be pretty great. Uh, Alright, so... Uh, we, we put the, the big breaking news up top, but one of the things we did want to talk about in this episode is the fact that we spectacularly failed at uh, summer school. Which uh, is it's true. We were going to do a series of episodes all summer, call them summer school, and we did one installment. And yeah. then Comic Con, the press. I don't even remember it. We did, because. I don't remember if he, if Chris was here or not. It's possible that you weren't because obviously the plan was to do many of them, so it wouldn't have felt like such an omission to not have you. Oh, it uh, was the one where we talked about the new Reggie. That's right. No, oh, yeah, I was yeah, here yeah. for that. I yeah. remember that. Absolutely. Oh, and, my God, that's where I brainstormed the sweet spot. Yes, yes. Which we also need to do. Um, what needs to happen someday. And then I snuck a hidden track onto our, our podcast account over the summer just so that it looked like we were doing something, uh, which was that I, uh, I took an entire interview with uh, Marisol that I had done like three days before Upfronts. And so it was like a 40-minute interview that I ended up using basically none of because anything good she gave me, she gave me again on camera at Upfronts. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I just ran that as, like, a hidden track. I didn't promote it on social or anything. I just kind of left it there uh, so that that way, like, there was something. So if, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to the interview with Marisol Nichols, 
go ahead and go go look for that. Uh, in the past, Craig has expressed that you know because we host this at uh, at his site that he wants to be like on board for stuff, and so that was part of why I decided like I'll make this a special hidden thing rather than trying to pimp it. I'm actually looking at our podcast page in the podcast app right now, and it says just four bros growing out about Riverdale, which is hilarious, mostly because there's only three of us. I know, I, and I, I did that wrong <laughs> when I put us into iTunes, and I've tried to fix it like six times. I have no idea how to make that different. Um, so, I kind of love it. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, we, you know, really kind of what Craig was getting into, we did, uh, we, we hit Comic-Con and kind of, we, we skidded out of control for the summer. Uh, I know for me, I have, I've hardly podcasted at all. I actually did the same thing with Emerald City Video that I did with Archie Digest, which is I had that Summer of Riverdale idea planned out where I was going to look at the movies that inspired the episode titles. And mm-hmm. I did one episode of that, which I actually thought was one of the better episodes of Emerald City Video, and then just totally never got back to it. So, uh, you know, mea culpa, and uh, it, it really is just a matter of all three of us being super busy, and the fact that there was no new episodes, and nobody, like, live-tweeting with us and then asking us what happened. Uh, true. You know, it's that weird combination of, like, when you're doing something that's a passion project, no matter how excited you are about it, as soon as, like, there's so much crap going on and nobody's there to push you, it's kind of easy to let it slip. Well, yeah. Let's I mean, get, like, like the, uh, the sort of, the joke of sort of TV journalism is that, like, summer is when everything slows down, you get to catch up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's not like that at all. No. <laughs> One thing that I will say is kind of neat, uh, if uh, if our traffic patterns hold, which I es- expect they will, this episode that you're listening to right now will probably get our 10,000th direct download off Podbean. Sweet. Um, Podbean, typically, our direct downloads account for about a quarter of our total traffic. There's a, there's a lot of other ways that people find the show. Uh, mm-hmm. So those numbers aren't super meaningful, but like anytime we pass a big number, I always get kind of privately excited. And well... We're averaging, like, somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, between 250 and 500, and sometimes as much as 900, but that was the uh, the Joaquin episode, um, for each of the last five podcasts. And so the right now we, we are 296 downloads away from 10,000, and I strongly suspect that with the Sabrina news, this will be the one that will get up over 10,000. So that's kind of fun. Also, I mean, I think we can assure everybody that when the show is back, we'll be back to doing a show every week. Oh, yeah. um, hopefully we'll get screeners so we can get them out on the night of. That would be nice. But so far we haven't seen anything, so. Yeah, yeah, all, we, all we've seen so far is Dynasty and Valor. Uh, everything else from the CW is, is locked up tight. This is like all I've seen is nothing because I'm not going to watch Dynasty. <laughs> I I wa- now now listen here, guy. I watched both Dynasty and Valor. Uh, You've watched uh, one more than I have. Eliz- I re- here's the thing. Uh, I was one of ten people probably who watched Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, or at least part of it. And I really liked Elizabeth Gillies, so I was kind of stoked that she got another show so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Dynasty, 
And I thought, oh, okay, and I closed the browser window. <laughs> yeah, I liked the Dynasty pilot. It was Valor that I turned off after ten minutes. I just wasn't. Well, and that's the thing. The Dynasty pilot is exactly what Dynasty should be and kind of always was. It's yeah. just, I don't think it's for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Was it ever for you, though? I like the old Dynasty. Really? Okay. But cool. I think it's just there's there's so much TV now that I'm like, I don't know, man. Nah. At least I, you got returning tomorrow, right? Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Gotham's back yeah. tomorrow, yeah. yeah. The first two episodes are pretty good. Just so it's okay. been said, guys, in the last 20 minutes while we've been talking, and this is more of interest to us than probably most of our listeners, but HBO officially ordered the pilot for Damon Lindelof's Watchmen. Oh, man. Well, Damon posted that tweet yesterday, which kind of gave it away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're actually physically making props, the likelihood that you're not going to get picked up is fairly small. So, uh, that's exciting news. Yeah. So, cool. Okay, so we should get back to Riverdale. All right, so uh, we're going to do a little speed round here. We wanted to, the two big things we wanted to do, we wanted to talk about Sabrina, we wanted to talk about our, our failure to get episodes out over the summer. But we did want to kind of, while we're here, do a quick speed round of talking about some of the things that are happening or that have happened over the summer. And uh, we're going to try to keep this as brief as possible. I want to try to keep the episode under an hour, and right now we're at like 40 minutes. So we're uh, also cutting let's, out. Let's do, let's do this. All right. First thing, lightning round. we talked about this before, uh, Riverdale Season 2 was confirmed for 22 episodes I think it was the week of Comic-Con. It was shortly after our previous podcast, but uh, not a real surprise. We had talked about how we thought it was probably going to be a longer season. Any thoughts on that? I know for you, Chris, you were talking about how you, you thought that the, the 13 episodes were so dense that decompressing it would probably change the feel of the show a lot. Yes. Uh, they, had 13, they had a lot of story to tell in 13 episodes. Uh, it kept every episode moving very quickly, which I like. For the most part, um, I hope they get. I hope they get more story to tell. Obviously, uh, but also I wish networks would start looking at thirteen episodes as the viable option because it's working really well on cable, and it keeps you from having filler. You know what shows I'm talking about. <laughs> but you know, in a way, this is also good because now we'll get the chance to see more of characters like Kevin or Josie who might not have been used as much in season one. What if we don't, though? That would be a problem. <laughs> like, it's not, It's nice to hope that we'll get to see all these things, but at the same time, I don't... Just... As long as it can stay the quality that I came to appreciate in Season 1 spread out over 22 episodes instead of 13, I'm totally in for it. Good. Uh, second thing I had written down... And this is one of those wacky things that uh, that I really just this is reading too much into something, but it's fun. Uh, anybody notice that there was a Pops Diner reference question mark on Twin Peaks? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, that that was almost certainly not an intentional nod, but I also kind of feel like it was at least as much an a reference as many many of the Twin Peaks things that we pointed out over the life of the first season of Archie Digest. So. Worth it. Um, I don't know if it's not necessarily a uh, an intention. Well, when was Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks was in production before Riverdale happened, so yeah, I guess. 
But I love the fact, like, even Machen was pointing it out on the, on, like, with Sills on yeah. uh, Twitter and Instagram. Was that, it was really cool to see. Yeah, oh yeah. And it was the same logo, which is what makes it kind of hard to believe that it's a total accident. Yeah. But. Was it you, Russ, who pointed out the screen grab from one of the Riverdale trailers where Pop is wearing a name tag that yes. says Pop? Yes, he's wearing a name tag that says Pops, as in, like, he, like on uh, To Riverdale and Back Again, where we joked about how the name of the diner is Pops with an apostrophe S. That means that the guy's name should be Pop. They always call him Pop Tate, but then people just, when they don't put Tate on it, they all call him Pops. Apparently yeah. that, that carries over to the world of Riverdale, even though nobody has called him Pops yet, but it's on his name tag. So... Season two already has a To Riverdale and Back Again reference in it, even though they've already done their To Riverdale and Back Again reference. I like it. Uh, so Josie and Reggie is another thing I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, they had a, a little arc in the comics where Josie and Reggie were a thing, and then the day that one of those comics came out, uh, Ashley Murray and New Hot Reggie, whose name I can't remember at the moment, um, oh, Charles Melton, thank you. Uh, so hot, he's Melton. Whoa. Oh, that was good. Was it? <laughs> was it? But uh, they, they posted, a, they posted like a selfie in the music room, and so Archie, died, or Archie Comics sent it out. And, uh, and it became a thing of, like, any speculation that maybe that's a thing they might explore in Season 2 became deeper speculation because it's like, oh, look, these two characters are sharing the screen for the first time since the show started. Uh, now it could actually I'm, be a thing. To be fair, maybe. Or maybe they just both happen to be behind the scenes in the music room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you if you follow any one of these actors on Instagram, all they're doing is hanging out with each other somewhere on set. This is true. Uh, the other thing, uh, we're getting Tony Topaz this season, uh, who's a character from the comics. We're also getting a character who was Veronica's ex-boyfriend. I can't remember what his name is, but, uh... He's because... playing the Scott Foley Dawson's Creek role, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so here's the thing. In both of these cases, their character descriptions strongly implied that they could be a wrench in the works of existing relationships. Uh, obviously Tony being a potential foil slash love interest slash whatever for Jughead, uh, and then Veronica's ex-boyfriend being somebody that Veronica would be potentially interested in. Uh, it's a bigger thing for Tony Topaz because that character is recurring, whereas the other dude is, has like a two episode arc and out. And who's the actress playing Tony Topaz? Uh, I had it in front of me and now I don't. Hold on just a second. But... Yeah. Whatever her name is, she already is getting some threats from the Bughead people, which yeah. is not... And it really makes me sad because the the thing that... Like, one of the things I loved about this show in the first season was that as passionate as people got, by and large, the, the fandom was super, super positive. Uh, but yeah, now this actress, Vanessa Morgan is her name, has been getting, like, death threats on social media and all this kind of stuff, and you're just sitting here going, come on, guys, like, you're ruining something that I like, because I love Bughead as, like, a, a, a thing. Um, but I just, I, I hate it when people character. compartmentalize this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know I was doing that with my fingers, too. Exactly, you know? a little Ben Affleck. They're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. 
Am I, am I getting through to you at all? When is Kevin Smith going to direct your Riverdale episode? Uh, I, I would say probably he won't at this point because while obviously he has a really good relationship with Greg Berlanti, I feel like if he's going to do more stuff, it's going to be more of the two shows that already love him. And then he has Sam and Twitch that's supposed to be starting up. Um, well, and, I mean, if we're looking at the way it's shaken out so far, I don't know if he has a great relationship with Greg Berlanti in as much as he has a good relationship with Andrew Kreisberg. That's true. That's true. Because uh, obviously he, he hasn't really seriously entertained um, a, a, an Arrow or Legends trip yet. Yeah. I'll say I think he'll do Arrow before he does Riverdale. But to be honest, I'd like to see what he could do on Riverdale because this is a this is lots of ang- this is lots of chatty angsty teenagers and he's good at the chatty stuff. Oh yeah, totally. I think he would be a great fit for it. I just I, I don't feel like getting him into it is a priority for the producers. No. Okay. Uh let me see. Oh yeah, it's Supergirl right next door. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh one okay. thing I wanted to say, merch exists now. Uh, we talked about this a lot last season that, you know, a show that was geared so much towards young people should have stuff that you can buy because young people will buy stuff. Um, yep. And uh, that finally happened. Hot Topic launched a line of Riverdale merch. It's mostly very, very limited over the summer. Like, each, you, know, you go into a Hot Topic. I think I went into the one near my house and they had two T-shirts. Uh, one of them was Jason Blossom's jersey, and the other was Jughead with, like, hearts and flowers around it, and Jughead written in fancy, like, cursive. Um, but, uh... I, the, the Riverdale... I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that it's a Hot Topic thing. I know that Hot Topic is, like, teen emporium. Of course it's a Hot Topic. Mm-hmm. But also, I want to know how long before, like, it ends up in Target. Yeah. Because you know it's got to... Yeah, and that's and really... We, the same thing for about like one third the price. Yeah, uh, but the, the the biggest thing uh, that is going to interest a lot of people is that there are Jughead beanies that you can now buy. They don't actually look particularly like Cole's Jughead beanie. Like they aren't like oh. the wool ones that got sent out to the press, uh, but they do exist. They are beanies, and the buttons that are on the the beanies actually look quite a lot more like Jughead's buttons than the ones that you've seen on, like, the other kind of quasi-official stuff that's out there. Yeah. Um, there is, and I'm kind of looking to make sure I haven't missed any headlines, there's a bunch of stuff. Everybody's talking about how dark this season is. Everybody's talking about how Betty is embroiled in the season's darkest storyline and how everything's super scary. Uh, there's an episode called When a Stranger Calls that seems to target Betty as the one who's going to be essentially on the receiving end of harassment. Uh, so we'll, there's all that going on. I'm not ignoring that so much as like, we're trying to keep the episode to a re- reasonable length. And those are all just kind of discussions about the show that we can have at a different time. Um, yeah. the last thing that really, really stuck out to us was, uh, and we kind of touched on this briefly a couple of times, but very much like Craig had been saying all season long, this show got to social media and it blew up. Like, Riverdale, uh, a good example is when I write stories about Riverdale at, for work, and then I post them to, like, the, you know, Russ Burlingame journalist Facebook page or whatever, um, I tend to, I'll tag Riverdale on Facebook. 
And so whenever it comes up, you can see how many fans it has on Facebook. And I remember all season, like, watching it slowly, steadily creep up from around 600,000 to, by the finale, it was, like, maybe 800,000. And thinking, like, man, I feel like it's a real healthy thing if we can get up over a million. Because a million is, like, Supergirl territory. Yeah. Um, And then uh, about two weeks after it went on to Netflix, it crossed over a million. And right now it's at, like, 1.2 million or something with no new episodes out. Uh, which I feel like is is a pretty good indicator for the kind of like movement that we've seen in this show. I mean, hell, the fact that we're talking about a spinoff, whether it's officially a spinoff or not, we're talking about a spinoff from a show that last year we were talking about, is this show going to get a second season? Well, also, they won the Entertainment Weekly cover contest. Yes, that's true, yeah. Entertainment Weekly is the fall television preview they always like essentially have a popularity contest with fans, and it, it tends photoshopped, but it looked good. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing that's always interesting about that is that it's a good indicator for fan like fan engagement and passion, because obviously, like if it was really just a number of people who want to see that material, then it would always be like The Big Bang Theory and The Walking Dead or something. Uh, but it, you know, kind of small to mid level. Networks um, thrive on passionate fan bases that take something like The Flash and, like, just make it must-watch television. And I think that one of the things we talked about last season was that Riverdale hadn't quite gotten there. Like, it would shed a couple of hundred thousand viewers from week to week depending on, like, what else was on TV and what people were doing. But it seems like now Riverdale has become a show that has a deeply engaged and passionate audience. And it always kind of did. That's one of the things we liked about the fandom, but now it seems like that fandom is much bigger. Uh, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that reflects on the ratings, but I also kind of feel like this will be an inter- interesting object lesson for, like, if this goes right back to where it was last year, where it's, like, hovering around a million people watching at a time, uh, mm-hmm. how much does that even matter to the CW if they're going to have, like virality all summer long. Right. Yeah. It's 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 been interesting. Well, even it's been interesting talking to people who over the summer who have just found the show. Uh a buddy of mine who is another reporter, uh who I would never peg as someone who would watch Riverdale was tweeting about like, oh my God, I found I found Riverdale on Netflix. This is the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's not an isolated thing. Like, it's happening a lot, and thank God for Netflix for having oh, yeah. that. But it makes me wonder what it would have been like last season if the show were on Hulu every week. It's very like, true. Do, did, while they might have lost viewers week to week in terms of streaming, is, I'm wondering, I, I find myself wondering what the Netflix reach is compared to the Hulu reach, and if, having it as a thing that was on Netflix all summer long turned out to be a much better access point for the show than having it on Hulu week to week. Yeah, that's an interesting, yeah. I guess we'll know when we see the ratings on the morning of October 12th. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it, I mean, certainly I'm... I'm people into watching live. 
Yeah, that that's that's going to be a really like I said, that's going to be a really interesting thing because obviously people are super passionate, and you've got people who are following fan accounts. They're going to be listening to our show, stuff like that. And like, there's the danger of then getting spoiled if you don't watch live. Uh, but the question right. in my mind becomes, how much does that matter to the kind of people who would rather binge it on Netflix because that's the way they choose to consume television? I would think that at this point, most people where that's the way they consume television don't really care that much about... Yeah. Well, I know how I would be. Like, I would probably binge the entire first season, and then certainly if I was really into the show, I would watch the first new episode as it airs live broadcast, and then wait to binge the rest. But I'd want to see how, like, cliffhangers and such are resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Or what happens next. So, we'll see. All right, gentlemen, any final thoughts so we can wrap this up in a, in a tidy little bow? Dove Cameron. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, I'm excited for Riverdale. Uh, I'm excited that Sheriff Keller did not do any killing last season, and he won't this season. Fred, um, he did Fred. Uh, I'm, I'm really still, I'm, uh, like, the, the Sabrina thing throws me for a loop, because it's something I think we all expected was going to happen, but it still came to me as very much a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I got the, I got the, like, the heads-up email from the network where it's like, yeah. you know, half an hour early, you're like, you get the thing, and so I got to consume it as, like, an official thing and to process it a little bit about, for a little while before, like, writing the article. <laughs> But well, see, I walked out of a screening and opened up my phone. It was like embargo email. Yeah, and I saw who it was from. I was like, "Oh, what superheroes is CW ordering now?" <laughs> and then, and then I uh, opened up. I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, I'm into this." <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely didn't believe. Like at this time, like especially this close to premieres and stuff, I really didn't think that it was going to be. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be a pilot at all. I honestly, I thought it was going to be like. You know, hey, we just cast Ted Cord on Arrow or something. You know, yeah. so uh, it was a, it was definitely a pleasant surprise. Uh, but yeah, I had that same experience. Like you read the you read the subject line, and as soon as you see that first like, I saw the word Sabrina in all caps instead of just like a, you know a word, and I'm just yeah. like, shit, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. so yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Riverdale fan. Yeah, it'll be more exciting in two weeks though. Or however many days after this it's, is... It's, it's three weeks, isn't it? Three, three weeks. Yep, three weeks from today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. We are a podcast about a story about a town, and we'll be back... Two towns. Two towns, that's true. That's true. And and as far as I know, we have no plans to, to make a spinoff of our own. We'll probably just talk about Sabrina right here. So, uh, wait, so you're, wait, you're telling me Sabrina the Teenage Podcast is not going to happen? <laughs> Well, I mean, how could it be a teenage podcast? Podcast is an idea that's like eight years old or something. I don't know. Oh, no, we're going to hire teenagers to talk about it with us. No, it's going to be the chilling adventures of the Archie Digest podcast. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just play, like, creepy organ music instead of the Everything's Archie song. It'll be fine. Oh, uh, I play the Sabrina the Teenage Witch theme as it was. Uh, that... I like all these ideas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. And uh, for, for everybody listening out there in TV land, we'll see you in three weeks or less. Everything's Archie. Archie.
Show.